Hello and welcome to another Remlex podcast. Today we're coming to you from Australia where last week's release of the final report of a groundbreaking probe into the impact of digital platforms Facebook and Google is continuing to reverberate both locally and internationally. I'm James Panicki, Mlex's Australasian Managing Editor. I'm in Melbourne and I've been following the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission's Digital Platforms Inquiry since it was announced in December 2017. And with me for most of that way has been Laurel Henning, MLEX senior reporter, who joins us now from our Sydney offices. Hello, Laurel. Hi, James. This week, we thought we would walk our listeners through the recommendations of the ACCC's final report. Some of those recommendations touch on MLEX's core business, including competition and data privacy. Other areas, such as the platform's impact on the media industry, are a bit outside our comfort zone, but we'll zip through those as well, given that the competition considerations appear to underpin most of this report. Now, uh, Laurel, the one takeaway for our listeners is that the ACCC has concluded that both Facebook and Google do have market power in Australia. Uh, That conclusion had always been on the cards. It was contained in the interim report in December. As to whether the platforms have abused that market power, well, Uh, The ACCC says its mandate was never to delve into that particular issue, but the recommendations uh, do work on the assumption that the market power that is held by the platforms is real, uh, it's dangerous, uh, and it needs to be matched by tough regulation. That's right. There are 23 recommendations in the ACCC's final report, and of those 23, eight are similar to the draft report that we saw um, at Christmas, and two vary proposals in its draft report, and 13 are brand new. So the ACCC has also set itself some work, with a recommendation calling for it to carry out further work to see whether the consumer data right, that's Australia's data portability legislation, could apply to digital platforms as well. And what's more, we should remind listeners that these are recommendations to government and it's up to the government of Australia to decide whether or not to embrace these recommendations. Yes, although the centre-right government that is now in power in Canberra, which is led by Prime Minister Scott Morrison, has already indicated that it's happy with the overall uh, direction and thrust of the recommendations. And as we've reported, over the past uh, few years, the Australian government has been willing to get physical with uh, big tech companies on different fronts, be it uh, encryption, uh, abhorrent uh, violent material legislation. So there's nothing to suggest that on this occasion, they won't take up this opportunity to regulate. I think they'll be quite uh, They'll be quite enthusiastic uh, overall. But let's uh, set the scene. Here's how ACCC Chairman Rod Sims presented the report at a press conference in Sydney on Friday. Now, the world has recognised that the impact of the digital platform's market power, they have recognised the importance of that. They have now recognised the impact this has on consumers, competition, advertising and media businesses. I believe that continuing national and world action will now follow. We are going to work with other arms of government within Australia and we will be the crucial link with international agencies in making sure that we all learn from each other and respond in a coordinated way, which I believe is increasingly going to happen. And that was Rod Sims shortly after the government released the final report. So, Laurel, a starting 
from the top three recommendations, which deal mainly with an area we've covered extensively over the past 18 months, that's mergers and acquisitions, uh, what ideas is the ACCC putting forward on that front? Okay, so recommendation number one would allow the ACCC to consider the likelihood that a transaction could remove a potential competitor. Now, some observers would say that's already in the legislation, but this recommendation aims to respond to the example the ACCC has brought up time and again while this inquiry has been going on, uh, the Facebook acquisition of Instagram. The idea here is that if there is a chance that a company could become a serious competitor to its acquirer, then that should be taken into account by the regulator however small that chance is. Part two of this first recommendation would allow the ACCC to consider the amount and nature of data that may be accessed because of a merger. Recommendation number two is slightly paired back from the interim report in that rather than a straight requirement for prior notice from digital platforms, this is a request, an invitation for digital platforms to agree to a protocol to notify the ACCC of any proposed acquisitions potentially impacting competition in Australia. If not, if those digital platforms don't agree to it, then the Commission would pursue other measures. Okay, so a slight uh, a slight watering down then. And we've talked about this area before and how the ACCC believes it already has the powers to be forward-looking in its M&A decisions, but it wants the courts to be on board as well. Exactly. Uh, and n- new legislation of this kind really uh, would, would spell out, uh, would, would make it clear to the judges that they need to be on board with this kind of forward-looking approach to M&A. Exactly that. Now, recommendation three relates to browsers. Again, it's slightly different from what we had in December. Rather than applying to suppliers of operating systems, so a much broader application of this recommendation, as it's come out in the final report, this will only apply to Google. The ACCC wants Google to give Australian users of Android devices the ability to choose their default search engine and internet browser. And this follows measures being rolled out in Europe, and the ACCC is saying Google should have six months to do this. If not, it will ask the government to, and I quote, consider compelling Google to offer this choice. So mm. that's forced them to you and I, I think. Yes, yes, uh, yes Yeah. So it's worth noting that if these merger-related recommendations get adopted, they would mark the first time that industry or company-specific uh, merger laws have been applied to these companies, the first time in the world, and, and the toughest measures of, of, of their kind to date. Um, but moving on now to recommendations four and five, which are pretty firmly still in the realm of competition. I feel like we're doing a bit of a chart rundown here, James. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's right. The, the top 23 from, from coast to coast. <laughs> um, so four and five are the area that uh, covers, is the area that covers all third parties, uh, whether ad tech companies or service providers, all companies that find themselves dealing with the platform. So not from the consumer side of things, but from the business side of things we're, we're, we're talking about now. The the report highlights what the ACCC believes is the risk of self-preferencing so that platforms uh, might be giving preferences, uh, giving preference to advertising or services that the platforms themselves stand to gain from, whether through business arrangements or through ownership deals or whatever. Uh, this is obviously in line with the reasoning behind the EU's Google shopping penalty. So, I mean, there's nothing nothing that original here, but uh, this risk of self-preferencing is there and uh, the ACCC thinks it's been exacerbated by, by what it considers a lack of transparency. And there's uh, and that's, that, that issue of transparency um, and what's going on behind the scenes there is something that the report appears uh, willing to address. Absolutely. And just worth pointing out here that um, Google has said this week pretty adamantly um, that the ACCC hasn't actually found 
evidence of self-preferencing in this report. It's just said that there is a risk. Yes, yeah, well, that's right. And so it's, it's, it's again, comes down to the issue of market power. There's no demonstrated abuse of market power, but certainly the potential. And I think that's probably yeah. the, the, the key um, to understanding the entire report. So rec- recommendation four calls for proactive investigation, monitoring and enforcement of issues in markets in which digital platforms operate. So uh, regulatory oversight, which could uh, involve getting stuck into the platform's use of algorithms, which they will no doubt um, uh, object to because they don't want to hand over the the, 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 the secret formula that keeps those algorithms exactly, yeah. bubbling over. Uh, recommendation five is a call to establish an inquiry into the supply of ad tech services. This is due to the fact that the ACCC admits that it really only scratched the surface of ad tech Uh, and it needs to find out a little bit more. And we should remind listeners uh, that, again, that the terms of reference of this digital platforms inquiry were all about Facebook and Google's impact on the advertising and media industries in Australia. So uh, in this case, the the interest in in advertising, and a bit later on we'll talk about the media industry, I think we need to see that in the context of this framework. Those two uh, industries were always going to be singled out for particular attention. Um, Just want to also point out at this point that the ACCC's draft report uh, into digital platforms had made repeated calls for a regulatory authority, which um, uh, an official actually later said was sort of open to interpretation, which interested me. But that authority has ended up as a call for a new branch in the ACCC. In fact, expanding the powers of existing regulators is kind of a theme throughout the report with new roles for drafting codes of conduct with industry um, for both the media and privacy regulators. So their, their formal names here, that's the Australian Communications and Media Authority or the ACMA and the Office for the Australian Australian Information Commissioner, the OAIC. Yeah, and so uh, no doubt a sigh of relief there from the platforms, which as we had reported in recent months, and there was that great piece from our colleague uh, in Washington, D.C., Max Fillion, uh, the platforms had been particularly disturbed uh, by the prospect of an industry, a specific regulator being created. They were afraid that if Australia were to go down this path to create uh, you know, a, a digital industry a regulator, something so specific that that would have created a a dangerous international precedent. Dangerous for them, obviously. Mm, Exactly. And Facebook, for example, was quite comfortable with an ombudsman being set up for individual complaints. That's another thing that stayed in the report. But it didn't want to see a new regulator. Mm. So then this then brings us to the many recommendations dealing with the media industry. Yes. Now, uh, if these recommendations were adopted in full, they'd amount to a firm uh, realignment in the power relationship between the platforms and the media publishers. There's no doubt about that. Recommendation seven calls for a code of conduct guiding the relationship between the platforms and the media businesses. And that code of conduct would be overseen uh, indeed by ACMA, which would have uh, considerable powers to enforce that code of conduct. Uh, ACMA would also have takedown powers. So that is recommendation number eight. Uh, So it would have the power to remove content belonging to Australian media businesses uh, um, if if they thought there was a copyright infringement. This would no doubt be music to the ears of publishers, which, as you know, you know, media companies have been complaining about the misuse of their um, of their intellectual property and their their property for for so long now. Recommendations 9, 10 and 11 push us into slightly uncharted waters and I expect um, will be seen with some scepticism by the Conservative government. Uh, recommendation 9 calls for the stable and adequate funding of the public broadcasters. As you know, Australia um, has two public broadcasters, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the Special Broadcasting Service. Their level of funding is always 
controversial. It's always politically fraught. Um, recommendation 10 calls for grants for local journalism to fill the gap left by the closure of local papers. Recommendation 11 calls for tax settings to encourage philanthropic support for journalism. Now, Which was, that was a bit of a change as well, wasn't it? I yes, think. and that, that, that was certainly an addition and not something that I think anyone had really expected. I certainly hadn't expected that. Now, these last three points uh, may sound great to people like us in the media industry who sort of take an interest in, um, you know, the, the issue of transparency and the, the, the need for local journalism, but I suspect they might smack of sort of, you know, rampant so- socialism uh, to other people, including some media operators, I, I suspect, will not be thrilled by this. Mm. But I think what we need to really focus on here is the code of conduct, uh, the notion of ensuring that the platforms, in as far as they are publishers of content, must be subject to the same levels of regulation as other media companies. Uh, that's the kind of regulation that I suspect the government will uh, be able to get behind. And we should mention as well that Rod Sims was very vocal on Friday about the impact um, this kind of regulation would have on the media. He appeared pretty adamant that it would be a game changer. I have absolutely no doubt that these recommendations will have a positive effect on the viability of media businesses. Absolutely no doubt. So fighting words there from Rod Sims. The suggestion is that better regulation will uh, give the media companies a a fighting chance in their battle against the platforms. A couple of other recommendations outside the traditional regulatory issues and perhaps not the first things we might think of when considering competition in media and advertising are fake news and media literacy. Recommendations 12 through 15 consider those issues. Numbers 12 and 13 aim to ensure all Australians are well equipped to identify and appropriately scrutinise low quality or unreliable news encountered through digital platforms. So you can spot a fake story. This is all about funding for programmes in local libraries, community centres, but also including media literacy in the terms of reference for a review of Australia's school curriculum expected in 2020. The next two recommendations, recommendations 14 and 15, get onto fake news. The ACCC wants media regulator ACMA to monitor digital platforms' efforts to identify the reliability or trustworthiness of news content. Digital platforms with more than 1 million monthly active users, that's pretty much all of them, should create an industry code of conduct to handle complaints about inaccurate information. And again, the ACMA is set to oversee this. If no code of conduct is produced within nine months of the government's final response to this report, then the ACMA should introduce mandatory standards. Okay, and from here we move back uh, into some of the core issues uh, we've been following over the past uh, 18 months in relation to privacy. Yeah, recommendations 16 which is divided into six parts, so 16 all the way through to 19, all deal with privacy issues. In there, we've got tougher penalties for privacy breaches, the right to erasure of personal information, and some much tighter requirements around how data is gathered, which I think is, we've, we've touched on sort of what we think are the central themes throughout this report, and I think that is a central area of concern for consumers, And therefore, what has driven a lot of the broader goals of this final report, because regulators have said sort of all the way through, this has come about as a result of sort of repeated concerns, not just of the industry, but also of consumers saying, actually, I'm a bit worried about my data, how it's being gathered, who it's being gathered by and why. So the report says any settings for data practices relying on consent must be pre-selected to off 
and that different purposes of data collection, use or disclosure must not be bundled. So you can't just have these sort of click wrap, I agree to you having my data for, you know, you can't have that anymore in Australia. And I think that's the eventual goal here. Uh, these recommendations also look at broader reform of the Privacy Act and for the OAIC, the country's privacy regulator, to develop, you guessed it again, a code of conduct yes. with the industry <laughs> and a statutory tort for serious invasions of privacy. The aim of this is to increase the accountability of businesses and protect individuals against serious invasions of privacy that perhaps aren't already covered by the Privacy Act. Okay, now on one of those issues, the right to have uh, the data stored about you to be erased, so the right to erasure, uh, Mm. Sims uh, took a question at the Friday press conference and here's what he had to say. You're right, once things are out on the internet, it's hard to get them back. But as part of the code we're recommending uh, with the digital platforms and the information commissioner, there should be the right to erase your data. Indeed, the erasure of data could actually be something that forms part of a general review of the Privacy Act. So that the data that's all collected in one place, uh, that's used, that can be used in ways to disadvantage you, can be erased. Now, we've got to both deal with past issues, but also make sure we have a framework that gives consumers a full understanding going forward of what's going on. The transparency here is key. And that was Rod Sims speaking to the media last week. Uh, Laurel, very briefly in this context, the final report does mention the uh, CDR, the Consumer Data Right. We've mentioned this already. This is Australia's data portability legislation, which is really only beginning to be rolled out. It's just going through Parliament at the moment. Are there any firm conclusions on that front uh, from the final report? Yes, the ACCC has said it will consider the associated benefits um, of the data portability rights in Australia when it comes to digital platforms. That includes whether this should be an industry that the CDR applies to. Right now, the only industries included in the rollout of that program, which hasn't hasn't been completed yet, but are banking, telecoms, and then energy. Actually, I'm not sure it's in that order, but banking, telecoms and energy are the first three. This is an area for further consideration for the ACCC rather than a firm recommendation. The regulator says it will look at whether opening up data or the routes to data held by major digital platforms could reduce barriers to competition and assist future innovation. So they could do this by requiring digital platforms to share data with potential rivals. So, for example, if I choose to move from one ride sharing app or food delivery service to another, I should be able to move any of my data across potentially. Let's say, for example, my star rating from Uber. Um, which which, which it, just between us, what is your star rating with Uber? <laughs> at the moment, when I last checked last week, it may have changed since then, but it was 4.97. Oh, I was quite pleased. That's pretty good, yes. You're, <laughs> I always knew you were very polite, but this is just the confirmation that we all needed. There you go. Um, now, what exactly the data would be that could be transferred, that's that's all to be ironed out if that recommendation were ever taken forward or, you know, after further work, if a recommendation were to be made, how exactly that would look. The ACCC is aware it needs to consider the privacy concerns that could come with something like this, but this is another move that could give consumers more power, which, as we've said, is the continual thrust of this report. Yes, indeed. This takes us to recommendations 22 and 23, which are firmly in the realm of consumer affairs. 22 calls for the digital platforms to comply with internal dispute resolution requirements uh, and that those internal requirements be up to scratch 
vis-a-vis um, uh, -vis the Australian consumer regulations or laws that are in place. Recommendation 23 uh, suggests the establishment of an ombudsman to resolve complaints and disputes with digital platform providers. You mentioned that in passing before. We've talked about that. We've talked about how the digital platforms might be open to that kind of a suggestion. The ACCC also sees a role here for existing regulators, both ACMA and the Telecommunications Industry Ombudsman, or TIO, uh, name-checked in this report. And that's the uh, 23 recommendations in a nutshell. Well done, Laurel. That's your, <laughs> yeah, that's your whistle-stop tour. Wow. Um, yeah. Although, one more thing. Another issue has come to the fore over the past few days. Um, observers were quick to note that there was no reference to the digital platforms being broken up or being forced into divestments in this report, in spite of some concerns over their vertical integration. This was a topic I wrote about earlier this week, and Google at the time said it could make the the breakup could make privacy security more complicated to manage. Um, and on Friday, Sims was asked about this. Here's what he had to say: We have not recommended divestment at this stage because we want to deal with the harms we see. Once you go down the divestment path, that sets off a whole level of activity that puts all the focus on breaking up companies. We want the focus to be on remedying the harms. The other problem with trying to break up companies that have what's known in economics as network effects, that is, usually one company dominates, is you don't know that if you break them up, one of those companies won't come back and dominate, and you actually aren't that much further ahead. That's the big difference here. So we want to address the harms. If, on this journey that I'm talking about, it turns out that that's not working, that divestiture is a better approach, then that can always be recommended down the track. So as I say, this is the beginning of a journey, not the end. So Rod Sims is clearly not ruling out returning to this issue of divestiture if he feels that antitrust changes he has put forward aren't working as they should. Um, just to add in here a little anecdote from a conference I was at earlier this week, an academic from University of New South Wales said he was slightly concerned that on breakups, on company breakups, this was the first time that you would see someone like a politician in the US, like Elizabeth Warren, and then an industry magnate like um, Rupert Murdoch on the same page and that that's a slightly concerning yeah. time for us to be living in well, perhaps. Well, that's right um, Fox News broadcasts will never be the same from this moment on I'm sure but uh, look Laurel thank you so much for helping me with this uh, overview I mean there's there's still plenty to go we're looking down the barrel of a three-month consultation process uh, which will uh, prompt no doubt plenty of lobbying plenty of submissions on the part of all of the affected companies uh, and assuming that the ad tech inquiry comes to life that's at least another another year of drama and excitement so that's another year you can write off your life uh, but plenty of work and fun ahead so thank you again thanks james laurel henning is an mlex senior reporter based in sydney i'm james panicki mlex's australasian managing editor in melbourne from us both thank you so much for listening catch you soon bye for now